0: What's up, Wizards fans and NBA nerds? My name is Bryce Haas, and you're listening to the Wizards Hoops Analyst Podcast on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, a podcast giving you game by game breakdowns of everything Wizards.
1: Hey, Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of the Wizards Hoops Analyst. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network including Cavaliers Central, Knuck If You Buck, 305 Culture, Spanning the Spurs, Daily Thunder, Motor City Hoops, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, LA Hoops, At the Buzzer, and Cavaliers Fast Break. Plus our coaching-focused podcasts, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, CoachMaze.com Podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, The Green Light, and Courtside Culture. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game from grassroots to the NBA. Hey, Hoopheads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com/teampricing to learn more. That's a r y s e.com. That game was that game, that
0: game was absolutely ridiculous. Um, it's kind of the perfect end to the crazy season that the Wizards just had. Um, just like tons of up and downs, like completely unexpected stuff all over the place and like that the only thing that you can expect from the Wizards at this point is that like some crazy unexpected thing's going to happen. Like Ish Smith and Robin Lopez reviving the Wizards in the last game of the season to get to the 8th seed is is just weird. <laughs> it's really, really weird. Um, but, anyways, um, so yeah, the Wizards beat the Hornets. Um, I'm recording this podcast the last day or the next day. So last night, um, one fifteen to one ten. Um, that win pushes the Wizards' record to thirty four and thirty eight, and it moves the Hornets' record down to thirty three and thirty nine. Um, that's obviously significant because it pushes the Wizards to the eight seed and pushes the Hornets down to the ten seed. If the Wizards would have lost that game, um, then they would have been in the ten seed. Um, so yeah. It's, to get to the eighties. Like now the Wizards have two games to win one. Um and the Hornets have two games and they need to win both to make into the play-in. Um super significant. I've said it a ton of times on this pod already, but I'll say it again one last time. Um if you assuming all the teams in the play in are equal, um if you're the seven seed, you have an eighty percent chance to make the playoffs. If you're the eight seed, you have about a seventy-five percent chance to make the playoffs. If you're the nine seed, there's a giant drop off and you only have about a twenty-five percent chance to make the playoffs. And then if you're the ten seed, um there's even more of a drop-off and you have about a twenty percent chance to make the playoffs. Um so getting to that eight spot and Winning this game is hugely, hugely important. Um, and tons of credit to the Wizards. They <laughs> they won this really, really weird game. Um, so <laughs> coming into this game, um, the Hornets were. I'm pulling it up super quick. Uh, their point ritual is minus two point five, which is twenty third in the league. Um, they've won two point nine more games than expected. Um, some of that is just because like the absolute like craziness of some of their clutch stuff, um, which may or may not be. I, I mean, it, it is like to um, attributed to luck for a little bit, but like. The, um, how much luck um, is kind of like you can kind of argue about that but like some of like the Tarot's year like shooting stuff at the end of games has just been like absolutely unprecedentedly lucky <laughs> um, so that's kind of why their window window range is a little high um, but anyways their offense is um, 21st with the offensive rating of 111 and their defense is 20th with a defensive rating of 113.5 um, so going over the overview and four factors for this game um, the Wizards offensive rating um, was 112.9 um, I don't know why that's playing Okay, so the Wizards offensive rating for this game Was 112.9, um, which is in the 50th percentile um, Hornets was 108.9 um, Wizards effective field goal percentage was 53.8 Hornets was 47.8 um, Wizards turnover rate was 13.9 Hornets was 12.9 um, Offense rebound rate for the Wizards was 27.1 um, And the Hornets was 21.4 And the free throw rate for the Wizards was 17.6 And the Hornets was um, 23.9 um, it's weird to see that the Hornets' effective field percentage is only in the 18th percentile. Like they started this game like absolutely on fire from three, um, and then that regressed to the mean, and it kind of <laughs> it regressed past the mean and like just like way further down than you might expect. Um, so yeah, I do want to go over the last like couple plays of the game because they were, were kind of insane. Um, I'm pulling up the play-by-play super quick. Got to pull up my notes. Yeah, so I'm trying to figure out where. I want to start talking from. Um, hmm. Okay. Yeah. So let's talk about. Um, well, first of all, the Ishmit. So with like a minute and a half left, um, I don't know if I'm gonna go with all the plays from here, but the, this was interesting. Like, so Russell Westbrook um, was on Miles Bridges. Um, he failed to create a true advantage. Um, he drove middle. Miles Bridges stuck with him the whole time. Um, like he didn't even get like within like the charge circle-ish area. Or like didn't even like get within like three feet of it. Um, so Bridges was there, but um, Devontae Graham still came over to help because he was guarding Ishmith. Um, Ishmith, I don't know if Ishmith took a three-all game. Um, Ishmith can't shoot; everyone knows it. Um, that's how they play him. So he helped off really, really hard to watch Russell Westbrook. Obviously, Russell Westbrook's read is the kick out to Ishmith because his he's standing in the corner wide open. Um, Ishmith catches the ball, super long closeout for Devontae Graham, but he obviously is going to close out short because Ishmith. Ishmith does a really nice play of like just driving, like using his quickness. Um, like sometimes, like yeah, like Ishmith gets played off, but like his quickness is an asset that he uses well um and it's kind of hard to gauge um when you're kind of in the moment and like dudes still like kind of over close out on ishmith um so he took advantage of that and then shot a floater um and that puts, put the wizards up 113 to 110 which is super important because um the next play um the hornets came down it was like a side ball screen um or i think it was a i think it was an iverson into a, a side ball screen um I think Rozier rejected it and then went into a floater and he missed it. Um, the Wizards got a rebound, came back down. Um, the possession didn't, like, it didn't generate a good shot. It ended up with like an Ishmith, like, pull-up um, jumper. Um, yeah, so then the, the next Wizards played, or the next play down, um, it was one of those Hornets plays um, where they push it down. They get the ball swinging around. Um, they get a good look and then, but the look was a lamella ball jump shot that hit the side of the backboard. Um, and that was with 48 seconds left. So the game is still 113 to 110, a couple of bad offensive possessions for both teams. Um, the last couple of times down, um, the next play, so there's 40 seconds left. The Wizards call it was called a timeout, um, set something up. You know, you had a couple of bad possessions, um, draw, draw a play, right? Um, so the play they run is they're going to hold the ball, obviously, because they want the time to tick down. They don't want to give the Hornets a chance to go for a two for one or anything like that. Um, and obviously you're winning by three points. You you want to, you know, run the clock, um, so the play that Scott Brooks ran up was um, Russell Westbrook handing the ball at the top of the key, um, a ghost screen um, from Robin Lopez into a pin down from, wide pin down for Bradley Beal. Um, so the Wizards run that, but on the ghost screen, Russell Westbrook thought he had a little bit of an advantage, so he attacked, um, which is obviously a good thing, um, but good defense from the, from the um, Hornets, and then they helped, um, you know, they stunted from one pass away, so then um at that point, Russell Westbrook's read is a kick out to Rui Hachimura. Um, you know, Rui drove to the middle, got a step back against um, Jalen McDaniels. Um, McDaniels fell over. <laughs> like, it was a pretty nasty step back. Um, and then Rui had uh, pretty much just a wide open look at a 15-point foot um, pull-up jump shot. Um, he just missed. Like, in that situation, like, that's not really, like, it's not a incredible shot, but that's not a bad shot at all to just have a wide open look at a shot. Like, in that situation, that's uncommon. Um so Bisak Biamma gets a rebound. He was in. Um, he got subbed in for the defensive possession um, for Cody Zeller just because he's a better post defender. He's, I don't know if he's more mobile, but like better rebounder, better post defender, probably a better overall defensive player than Cody Zeller. Um, I don't know. Zeller might be a little more mobile, though. I think Zeller's probably a little smarter. I don't know. Uh, but anyways, like, okay, so Biyombo is their replacement. He got the rebound. Um, Hornets call timeout um, with 20 seconds left. Um, the play that they run is the, like one of my favorite plays in the world, um, which is a ghost flare um ghost flares are really really tough to guard um um, like but my criticism with how the hornets ran it is that like i would have had the flare screen closer to the ghost um the same thing i've said a couple times with how the wizards run their ghost flare like when like ucla a ton in the tournament run ran ghost flare um for um, johnny juzane to get a ton of really good looks um and then when they run it's like really really tight like the flare is like really close to the ghost um the wizard's or i guess wizards and hornets um don't really do that the wizards uh, or the hornets actually ran this play a few times in the game they got some good looks um but so coming off the flare um so the guy guarding the flare um i think it was gill so it was gill and whoever was um whoever was guarding the ball um or not ball um rogier um so who would that have been um i don't remember who that was <laughs> but anyway so the guy who was guarding the flare um They um, both went to the ball. Um, But Gale coming up um, from the screener to guard the ball, he did not do a good job of um, staying there. So there's two on the ball. I mean, Rozier was able to turn the corner basically with one dribble against Anthony Gale because he didn't um, come at him with a good angle. He was kind of like quickly closing out to prevent the shot, which like, I guess is a good thing because you're up by three points. And if you let off a, like a layup, um, then it doesn't really matter. So if Gil runs him off the line, it's not a big deal, um, but it is a big deal. If you start to get into rotation, um, if you kind of try to rotate to protect the rim and then someone's splitting two, um, then that can become an issue. So, Regier drove. Um, the help came from Westbrook because he was guarding the weak side corner. Um, so, then it was a kick out to Miles Bridges. Um, Ish Smith rotated over to Miles Bridges to prevent the three. And then Miles Bridges kicked it out to um, Devontae Graham. Um, Devontae Graham had a pretty decent look at it, um, 26 feet out. Um, so, he was like two to three feet behind the three point line. Um, and he got a look. Um, Craig goes to Rui. Um, Rui made a really, really great effort play um, to close out and try to kind of get a contest on it. Um, also credit to James Rego Um, a lot of his offense is initiated from like two to three feet behind the three point line, um, just to give a little bit more spacing for his guards, um, really, really works well for guys like Terogir and Devonta Graham, who can make like 26, 27 foot jump shots. Um, so Devonta Graham got a pretty good look at a 26 footer, but also like great, great effort from Rui, um, to use his size and like, like he was there right on time. Um, like, I'm not going to say he was, like, there earlier or anything, but he did a really, really good job closing out um, and trying to prevent the look. Um, and then they missed. Bradley Beal got the rebound, um, made two free throws, and put the Wizards up five. The game was over. Um, <laughs> so just an insane, insane game. Um, I don't think I ever went over the box score stuff. So I'll go over the box score stuff super quick. Um, Bradley Beal had 25 points on 27 shots. He also shot seven free throws. So those 25 points coming on... Um, 30 and a half shooting possessions. Um, Russell Westbrook had 23 points. Um, those 23 points came on 21 shooting possessions, um, but he got the line 12 times, which is a phenomenal number. Um, Ruben Hedgumar had 16 points, 7-12 shooting, 2-3 three from 3. 2-3 um, three from 3 is a good thing, um, but you know they um, were helping pretty heavily off him. Um, Bertans had 11 points, um, played 27 minutes and was 3-7 for from 3. Alex Len only played 5 minutes despite starting. Um, let's see, Robin Lopez obviously had 18 points. He was plus 21 on the night. Um, he was 9 of 11 from the field. Um, mostly working in the post, but a couple of drop-down passes from Westbrook, a couple rolls to the rim. Um, Ishmith had 14 points. He was awesome in this game too. Like this is, to me, by far Ishmith's best game of the season. Um, he was plus 15, um, seven for 11 from the field, um, seven assists and eight rebounds. (laughs) Um, Garrison Matthews played eight minutes and was plus 14. I, I, it's just mind-boggling to me that Garrison Matthews didn't play more minutes. Um, he didn't even come into the game until like in the third quarter, um, I'll probably talk about that a little bit later. Um but yeah, so Miles Bridges had 17 points, 4 blocks, um 6 of 18 from the field, 2 of 9 from 3. Um LaMelo Ball 7 of 21. Um uh 2 of 8 from the three point line and he had 19 points, um 5 assists. Um Terrez had 22 points, 8 of 19 from the field, 3 of four, 6 from behind the arc. Um DeMonte Graham came off the bench, 15 points. Um, Cody Zeller came off the bench, 11 points. Um, yeah, so the first place I want to start talking about this game um, is definitely with Robin Lopez. Um, so what the so a playoff level adjustment that teams make is generally to go smaller. Um, the Hornets did this in this game with their starting lineup. Like this was a playoff like level game in terms of stakes. Um, to have your win percentage drop off by potentially fifty to fifty five percent in terms of like odds to make the playoffs, like that's a ridiculously high number. Um, so the Hornets did what they thought was going to be a playoff-level adjustment with playing P.J. Washington at center. Um, P.J. Washington at center opens up a lot of the... Like, they switch a lot. Um, And P.J. Washington at center just opens that up more. Like, Cody Zeller is probably... um, Like, he's not... Like, he's honestly, like, not terrible in a switch. Like, he can move his feet a little bit. Um, But, like, that's kind of, like, compared to other centers. Compared to other power forwards, like, he's not a great switch guy. Um, And considering all the switching that the Hornets do, it makes more sense to have P.J. Washington out there. Um, So the starting lineup had P.J. Washington on... this is PJ Washington, Jalen McDaniels, Miles um, Bridges, Lamella Ball, and Terry Rogier. Um, and with that lineup, you can do a lot of switching. Like even with a guy like Miles Bridges, is really really strong. He can move his suit really well. He can switch onto multiple guys. Um, like Jalen McDaniels, like he has long arms. He's really good with his recovery. Um, he can switch onto multiple guys. Like Lamella Ball, like he's not really a great on ball defender at any spot, but he has size and he has length. Um, even like Terry Rogier, like he um, has pretty active hands. Um, like he can you know live in a switch and also just the way that the Hornets defense is, like, they kind of force middle, like, way more than any team does. But that's because they bring such hard nail help, and their rotations are incredible. Um, I think Borrego is, like, an awesome defensive coach. Um, The fact that this defense is, like, 20th in the league with the defensive talent that they have is, like, insane to me. Um, But anyways, like, yeah, so, like, their scheme is basically, like, have really, really good nail help, like, run around the perimeter, um, just have great rotations, um, really collapse on the inside uh, when you drive. um, And they did a good job of that. Um, and just looking at P.J. Washington um, possessions at center, he's played 1,768 possessions at center, which is a lot this season. Um, the Hornets' point differential in these minutes is um, plus 5.8. Um, their offensive rating is 117.3, and their defensive rating is 111.4. That offensive rating is in the 81st percentile, and the defensive rating is in the 67th percentile. Um, these are good numbers, right? Um, but... PJ Washington is not a great post defender, um, and then <laughs> so to get the Hornets away from that, um, one thing that the Wizards eventually went to was putting Robin Lopez in the game, playing him a bunch of minutes and giving him a bunch of post touches. <laughs> so in the post, PJ Washington is in the sixty-four point fifth percentile in terms of opponent post ups. Um, his the points per possession against him is point um, eight six, which is pretty good um, in a vacuum, um, but in the post, like that's not great in like eight six or sixty-four point five fifth percentile um that's not a phenomenal number um, especially when you're playing against robin lopez who's like literally in like the hundredth percentile in terms of how good he is in the post um for this particular season which is like like robin lopez is just absolutely mashing um, pj washington in the post um so when you have pj washington in the post and you have um against robin lopez like it's tough for him um and then like a lot of those smaller lineups like they featured miles bridges at the four um the wizards were able to like so the hornets were on ball screens like if the hornets are switching a lot they were doing a good job of scramming um like Rogier or Ball or like Devonte Graham or whoever out of the post and getting um Miles Bridges in the post. Um but Miles Bridges in the post couldn't guard Robin Lopez either. So then at a certain point you have to put in like Bismack Biambo and you know Cody Zeller. Um, like Bismack Biombo basically like he barely gives you anything on offense. He's kind of just like a rim runner who can like dunk the ball if you get it to him. But if he has to like dribble or like have the ball in his hands for more than one second, like it's not a good thing <laughs> at all. Um, like he is minus nine in this game in five minutes. Um Cody Zeller, um, he played. Hey, had to play 30 minutes in this game to counter Robin Lopez. Um, a lot of times, the Hornets are trying to go to their smaller lineups with um, P.J. Washington at the five, which in theory is should be their best lineup, um, but they couldn't play what in theory is their best lineup because <laughs> Robin Lopez was just destroying them in the post <laughs> offensively, uh, which is absolutely hilarious. Um so yeah, like Ramon Lopez, like without Ramon Lopez, the Wizards straight up would have lost this game. Um, he was like arguably the most important dude in this game for the Wizards in terms of changing. Like obviously, like Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook, and like those guys are like the best players. Like obviously, like they're like the most important. Like but like in terms of like changing the game um, around and like just giving the Wizards an option and just like forcing the Hornets away from what they want to do in such a hilarious fashion. Um, that was that <laughs> that was like such a Wizards way to end the season. Like Ramon Lopez when he was on the floor, the Wizards plus twenty one. In 27 minutes. Um, and they won the game by five points. So that means that in the, um, so in the minutes that Robin Lopez was off, which was 21 minutes, um, the Wizards were um, minus 16. I think that's right. <laughs> and then Smith played 32 minutes tonight. He had by far his best game of the year. Um, I think that Smith did really, really well was um just using his quickness um and then just pushing the ball like he got a lot of rebounds um part of that was just because the wizard's defensive rebound scheme allows the point guards um to get a bunch of rebounds like that's why people think westbrook's such like the greatest rebounder ever and blah blah blah, blah for a guard blah, blah blah like he's not um it's more of a scheme thing like ishmith had eight rebounds do we think ishmith is a good rebounder like no um seven of those were defensive rebounds um but Ish Smith getting the rebound, pushing the ball to the floor. He did a great job of that, um, finding cutters, um, getting to the lane. Um, he also made a few mid-range jump shots, um, which is not like great theory um, for what the Wizards' offense wants to be. But if you're in a single game like situation where you can just have a <laughs> happen to have a great game, like you know, you, that, that happens sometimes. Like the Wizards had a really really good shooting night um, from a couple guys that like might not normally have them. Like um, so, Ish Smith was three for three um inside the um restricted area two for two from inside the paint and two of five from mid-range um five mid-rangers is not something i want to ever see from ishmith ever again um but he made two of them like whatever um but still um so ishmith did actually shoot one three in this game um but anyways like guys like so uh, let's talk about um bradley beal um (laughs) it's never been in this podcast i've Bradley Beal's the third guy I talked about. Um, but Beal was just terrible to start the game. Like, he was god awful. Um, he, like, and that was just because, like, he was clearly, like, hurt. Like, I'm kind of shocked that the Wizards saw Bradley Beal, like, warm up and, like, play. And, like, I assume that he did, like, some five on five or, like, three and three or whatever, like, in his practices. Um, but, like, I'm shocked that they saw that and then they put him out there in this game um like he looked really 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 bad for the first half like he was like clearly limping around um he kept grabbing at his hamstring like hamstrings are a thing that you can like re-aggravate them and be out for like multiple weeks like is it so something that's fascinating is the mathematical proposition of is was it worth it to play Bradley Beal if you think that he could potentially get re-injured um like so what are if you're the eight seed um, what are the odds of making the playoffs if you don't have Bradley Beal versus if you're the 10 seed, what are the odds of making the playoffs with Bradley Beal? Um, I'd argue that if you're the 10 seed, probably like 20-25% of making the playoffs. Um, and then theoretically, if you're the 8 seed, it's about 75%. But that's if all teams are equal. Like if you don't have Bradley Beal, there's no way you're beating the Celtics. Like are you really, really going to beat this Hornets team without Bradley? Like I I'm really, really don't think so. Um, but you have two games. Um, the odds of you like losing both two games versus winning two games is like you know, it's, it's completely different game. Um, so I don't know. uh, That'd be pretty interesting if someone could break it down. Like, I don't like, that's really, really hard to do though. Um, of like coding and like figuring like value propositions, like how do you measure the Wizards without Bradley Beal, um, kind of thing is tough. Um, so good luck, (laughs) good luck with that. I don't think it's going to be done. Um, but anyways, um, Bradley Beal like in the fourth quarter was not even like the fourth quarter, like the last six minutes was just unbelievable. Um, like the fact that he just all of a sudden turned it on and it was just was like moving really, really well, like slicing through the defense, like doing his typical Bradley Beal things, like using his insane flexibility, using his really, really good handle, um, finishing at the rim, hitting shots. Like he was awesome. Like the last five minutes of the game, um, he's a big reason, obviously, why the Wizards wanted were able to come back in the last five minutes. Um, the Wizards were you know, they were down like for most of this fourth quarter, like they were down like 10 points going in to the fourth quarter. Like the Wizards won the fourth quarter, 36 to 20. So they're down 11 points going into that fourth quarter. Um, and Bradley Beal is a big reason they came back. Um, same for Russell Westbrook, like he struggled all night. Um, so actually, no, I will say with Bradley Beal, if you go back and you watch the defense, like that was like the worst defensive game <laughs> I've seen from like a guard and like, or from like a capable guard, I guess um in a while like that was really really bad like Beal just like couldn't chase anyone over any screen like on ball defense wasn't there at all the off ball stuff was just got awful like just um, rotating and stuff like that it was just terrible like he was liability in defense um and that's what happens like when you're hurt first of all Bradley Beal is not a very good defender anyways um because of the offensive load mostly to me but like also like like because before like he's been an average defender before um but, like, the offensive load combined with coming back from an injury, combined with still being injured, like, he was just god-awful defensively. Um, but also, Russell Westbrook, um, he kind of struggled a little bit tonight. Um, and I, or not tonight, last yesterday. Um, and a lot of that, I think, was just because they put Miles Bridges on him. Um, they also had Jalen McDaniel spend some time on him. Um, like, at times, like, Biombo was on him. Um, but, like, yeah, so that's going to be the playoff adjustment that teams make against Russell Westbrook. And how he responds to that is going to be interesting um, because like that. So first of all, that, that was the adjustment last year that seems made when the Rockets went super, super small. They had like PJ Tucker at the five and Robert Covington at the four. Um, I guess like the thing that first comes to mind when you see that is put the center on PJ Tucker, who's just camping out in the corner and just trust your rotations to rotate out to the corner. Um, but the, like by the, I think the jazz were the first team to do it. Quinn Snyder, who's awesome. Um, like, they put their, like, Gobert on Westbrook, and they said, Westbrook, like, we're going to bait you into taking mid-range jump shots all game long. Um, If you beat us taking mid-range jump shots, we're going to live with that at the end of the day, but, like, we're not going to let you drive into, like, an empty paint and, like, trust our guards or, you know, our three to rotate and, like, protect the rim against you. We're just going to put our center in there, and we're going to have you drive to the rim, Um, and the Hornets kind of, like, they didn't fully do that with, like, a Gobert guy, um, but they did that with Miles Bridges, like, First of all, Bridges is like super, super strong. Um, for The kid who's like, what is Miles Bridges now? Like 22, 23, like 23, 24, maybe? Like what? He spent two years in Michigan State, right? So 24. I, oh, I can look at this, obviously. Um, so Miles Bridges is um, 23 years old and he's listed at 225 pounds um, and he's 6'6". Um, so just put that, throw that guy onto Russell Westbrook. Um and just dare Russell Westbrook to shoot the ball. Um, that's a playoff level adjustment. Like go under everything with Westbrook, drop everything with Westbrook, um, dare him to shoot it. Um, that's what teams are gonna send against Russell Westbrook in the playoffs. Um, because his shooting numbers are still bad. Like there's like they've improved throughout the season, but they're still just like straight up bad. Um I want to pull it up super quick. Um, this is per clean the glass which filters out like heaves and well, like, first of all, Russell Westbrook doesn't heave the ball. That's that kind of makes me upset. Um but uh Russell Westbrook um let's see offensive overview I want to go to shooting accuracy so short mid Russell Westbrook is shooting 40 percent 52nd percentile which is fine but like 40 percent outcomes is not what you want um when you're shooting the ball um long mid 39 percent that's in the 39th percentile that's not what you want at all um in terms of um all three-point shooting um he's at 31 percent on the season which is in the seventh percentile like Outside of three feet, Russell Westbrook isn't a giant threat to score the ball. Um, So if you put someone like a Miles Bridges on Russell Westbrook and then you collapse the defense every time he drives, um, that makes it really, really tough for him to have the offensive impact that he normally has. Um, And he didn't in this game. Like, he didn't have as good of a game as usual. But, like, credit to him for staying with it, like, throughout the stretch. Like, first of all, Russell Westbrook's level of fitness is just, just unbelievable. Like, he's, like, insanely, like, in insanely good shape. Like, the fact that he can, like, still, like, go full speed at the very end of the game when he's played 40 minutes... Um, when he's like however, like 30, whatever years old, like that's, it's pretty incredible like what he does. Um, so yeah, like he still only plays at the end of the game. Um, and he was still like doing a really good job in terms of playmaking, like getting downhill and just making the correct reads when the defense was collapsing. Um, like honestly, if I were the defense, I wouldn't even bother collapsing against him. I'm like, why would you? Um, because you just open up the passing reads. Like if I think Miles Bridges did a phenomenal job of staying with Westbrook. I think Westbrook kind of struggled with advantage creation against Miles Bridges in this game. Um, so you don't really need to send that much help. Like. I would kind of just try to bait Westbrook in and try to finish over Miles Bridges, um. But at the same time, I think Miles Bridges got into a uh, like he only had two fouls in this game. Like, like I don't know. I would I, would... but it's tough because like if you're the opposing team and you're collapsing, like the guys you're collapsing off of are like Rui Hachimura, um, you know Anthony Gill, I guess, like Chandler Hutchison, um, like Ish Smith. Like the Wizards are just like kind of just letting you like they're just putting guys out there that you can collapse on so easily. So I guess like. I don't know. Uh, it's kind of tough. Like, I, I, I don't know. But still, like, that. Like Westbrook, the Wizards are going to have to figure out how to get Westbrook better looks um, when bigger guys are guarding him. Like, part of the answer to that is transition. Um, Westbrook does a great job pushing the ball. Um, that's kind of, like, where he's gotten a ton of his offense all season long. Um, so, yeah, we'll kind of see um, what the Wizards do with that. Um but that is a little bit concerning because that's hundred percent how like Brad Stevens is going to play Russell Westbrook. Um, he's not going to put like, cause Marcus Smart's going to be on BL, Kemba Walker is just going to be hidden off of whoever. Um, actually, no, that's kind of interesting. Um, where is Kemba Walker going to be hidden off? Whatever. Um, so I'm going to do another episode about the, like a breakdown of, or a preview of the next, um, game. Um, yeah. So something else I want to talk about is, um, well, first of all, I just want to talk about James Rago and like how smart he is to where he initiates offense, um like a lot of the offensive initiation, even with like Lamella Ball is like multiple feet behind the three point line. And like what that does is that it gives you extra space um to work. Like Lamella Ball attacking attacking downhill, um giving him like a, maybe an extra second to read the defense and make the correct play, like that's really, really, really valuable because of how good of a passer he is. Like giving Terry Rogier an extra foot of space um to like either turn the corner against the big who has to come up to the level. Also, first of all, the big has to come up higher because the ball screen is initiated out higher um it makes the recovery longer for the guard that's trying to get over the screen it gives rozier more time to potentially um pull up with better footwork into the pull-up because he has more space to do it or it gives him more time to turn the corner or it just gives him more time to make a read um, same thing with Devonte graham like both these guys have shooting range and they can both shoot off the dribble like it's super super smart to do that um but also at the same time, like they have them coming off like pin downs and flares and all this kind of stuff, like far out, um, and that's also a good thing because like the help has to like the help has to run further out. It's harder to like stunt from one pass away if um, you know these actions are being initiated further from the basket, um, and then it opens up like back cuts and like all this other stuff. Like I really, really, really enjoy watching the Hornets' offense. Um, and, like just like let's be honest, like their offensive talent is not that great. Like especially if they don't have Gordon Hayward, like like Terry Rogier, Lamelo Ball, Devontae Graham like pj washington miles bridges like these guys are fine but like none of these guys are really really driving forces of a really good offense like the fact that they have like a pretty watchable offense is pretty good um i just like in their ball movement is incredible um especially off tagging closeouts um and then they have the guys to force hard closeouts well they have two of the guys like really like who else is forcing hard closeouts besides Terry year and Devonte graham i guess like malik monk but he only played six minutes in this game um but just attacking those closeouts kickouts like uh, Miles Bridges has gotten really, really good at attacking closeouts. Um, even like Jalen McDaniels can attack some closeouts. Like PJ Washington, I really, really like him as a five. Um, even though his rim protection might be not be up to snuff. Um, and then like part of the defensive rebound stuff, like that needs to get better. Um, but yeah, like this, the Hornets team is pretty interesting. Um, I really, really think that Borrego is like a pretty underrated coach. I think that um, he should like, in terms of coach of the year, like I don't think he's there because like I just think Monty Williams, Tom Thibodeau, and Quinn Snyder have like lapped the field, um, but like if you made it second tier, like of like Doc Rivers and like who else would even be there? Like Budenholzer, I guess, and then I think like is, like right in that group. Um, to me, um, and who else would like? I guess like Mike Malone has done a really really good job. I think Frank Vogel's done an awesome job. like those guys are kind of like the next guys up. Um, so yeah, like I think that Brego's an incredible coach. Like also, the defensive scheme is so interesting. I'm um, I'm really really interested to see how it works in the playing game. Um, see if, like, is if are the flying around making rotations? Like, are they gonna get killed? Um, uh, and like part of like the like. Breton's like was able to get a lot of good looks. He was three for seven from three. He played 27 minutes in this game, but like his looks were good looks because a lot of, a little bit of the way that they play defense, like they help a lot. Um, Even from one pass away, they're going to help. And like part of that, like you can kind of attack attack that um, just setting pin downs or just like having um, Bertons rise as there's a drive or like stuff like that. Like um, kind of bait their system a little bit, Um, but their system works well um, for the personnel that they have. So, I don't know what kind of seed. I think the Hornets, like they've gotten a little bit lucky this season to be where they are at. Um, like again, they're 23rd in point differential for the season, but I don't know. They're going to be interesting. Um, so yeah, um, I'm going to go through my notes and that's going to do it for this episode. Um, I'm going to have another episode coming out today or tomorrow. I'm doing a preview of the play-in. Um, so the first time I wrote was um, Charlotte starting PG at the 5 feels like a playoff level adjustment. Um, and the Hornets, like they switch a ton. Um, they're switching a ton uh, in this game. Like that's going to also another, like that's another playoff level adjustment. Um, the shooting Depth of Bretons can really hurt the heavy nail help um, of the Hornets. I just talked about that. Um, B.O. went to the bench four minutes in the game. Um, that's way earlier than usual. He usually goes to the bench like eight or nine minutes in the first quarter. Um, so that was like an early red flag. Um, Bridges on Russell Westbrook early makes a ton of sense. Yeah, <laughs> I talked about that. Um, Hornets are just knocking down shots. Yeah, they were like seven of like 11 to start the game from three. And like by the end of the game, they're 14 of 45. Um, so that means that like what on the stretch, like the rest of the game, they're like seven of like 34 or something. Um, you know, the Wizards, again, like shooting, shooting luck was on their side, but that happens sometimes. And if you look at a singular basketball game, like on a sample of 45 threes, like, you know, stuff's going to happen. Um, Hornets are knocking down the shots. Um, there's going to be aggression to mean, however, the ball movement is awesome after the kickouts. Yeah. Like I love the way that they move the ball. Um, the mellow ball shot selection has been really poor. Yeah. Like he, he did not look good in this game. Like he took 21 shots. Like a lot of those were just just really 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 poor shots um kind of telling that Beal got a switch on a bismack beyond and didn't even dribble um that was pretty concerning that was in the second quarter um robin lopez and smith are out here um and getting the woods back into the game uh, which is hilarious yeah um how much Beal is hurting is really obvious on defense he looks terrible on that end yep um no team in the history of basketball has had more trains than the charlotte horns um they run a lot of their offense um, out of horns um with like a guard and a big at the elbows and like Uh, out of that you can run a ton of flare screens but like they do a lot of interesting stuff out of those sets like having rozier at the elbow like i really think that that's interesting um not putting matthews in this game so far is mind-boggling it's way too easy for the hornets to pack the paint and trust the rotations especially on weak shooters also cover themselves on switches yeah that's an important thing right so if you switch but you bring a lot of help then like the switch isn't really really that meaningful and it kind of blows up the action a little bit um so if you don't have shooters to punish um when they really really heavily help um then it's just gonna be easy um it's gonna be too easy for them to switch um and that was hurting the Wizards a lot throughout this game um until obviously lopez came in i wrote lopez is mashing washington in the post forcing the hornets away from the washington to the five um lopez needs to play right now but it does clog the paint a little bit for westbrook um because he's not much of a vertical threat um to um on lobs and he's a little bit worse on drop downs compared to gafford um yeah um that's part of the struggle um Like, if you put Lopez in there, which, like, he needed to be in there in this game, Um, but then, like, Robin or Russell Westbrook, um, it made him a little bit less effective because it just made it a little bit easier to pack the paint when he was driving. Um, Lopez is killing switches. The Hornets can scram. I talked about that. Um, It's just pushing the pace a lot more than usual, which is great. Um, He's getting a ton of good looks for himself and his teammates. I think I talked about that. Um, The activity level of Matthews on LaMelo just makes a ton more sense. He's got a lot smarter to go under. Um, When the Woods started going under more against LaMelo, like, that made a ton of sense, like, the metal still not a trustworthy shooter um off the dribble um yet but obviously he's a rookie um that's gonna come with time um maybe <laughs> i don't know um but boss doesn't have good enough shooters um force going over ish can guard him he's doing a really good job um yep uh again this is Ish's best game of the year like he also played pretty well in defense too like he was making good rotations he's making the right reads um using his active hands using his quickness like he did a good job overall um the fact that Beal is doing what he's doing after how terrible he was in the first half is absolutely unbelievable. Uh, Yeah, I talked about that. Um, So yeah, that's going to do it for the... Oh, one thing I do want to point out, like, it was big that Neto didn't play in this game. I really, really hope he's back for the plan because, like, in terms of the Wizards defense, like, especially at point of attack, um, and then, like, even, like, rotations, like, nail help is, like, Neto's pretty good. Like, he's big for this team. um, So I hope he's back for that. Um, So that's going to do it for this episode. Went a little bit longer, but that was, like, the most important game of the season. It was ridiculous. Um, so, the next episode that comes out, again, like I'm going to do a play and preview um, probably tonight, um, maybe tomorrow morning. I don't know. Um, but the Wizards are playing the Celtics, big time game. Um, so, I'm going to do a preview of that. Um, so, yeah, definitely check that out. Thank you for listening to the Wizards Hoops Analyst Podcast on the Hoop Heads Podcast Network. Please don't forget to subscribe and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Hoops Wizards Pod. I'll see you next time.